Hey, what's up, everyone? It's your boy Fenyo back with the Early Plims podcast. Tuesday, 19th of September. I'm always doing the, the chili date crap. Uh, so let's get past that. I'm here to talk about some UFC. Uh, I think I cover some other stuff, maybe. Um, but yeah, let's talk. Let's get into the what happened last last weekend. It was um, UFC Noche or or Noche UFC. I don't know how they called it. The the pandering event for Mexicans, but mostly uh, directed towards. Mexican-Americans, I'm guessing, uh, as I jokingly said on Twitter, guys who do not speak Spanish, but they say abuelita, uh, it's, it was about them, I guess. Uh, let's get into the fight. Uh, main event had Alexa Grasso defending her flyweight championship against Valentina Shevchenko, long-term long champion, in a rematch for their last fight. Um, it was a, a pretty close fight. Uh, it had Grasso hurting Valentina with a 1-2 in the first round. Then Chepchenko losing the title, um, going for a spinning back kick, and Grasso with a very impressive back take and finishing with the rear naked choke. The, this fight I was expecting to go the distance. Uh, I was talking about this fight with my man Dan Tom in the Break Your Neck podcast. Shout out to that, listen to that. Uh, very good podcast. And we were talking about how both of us were expecting uh, Grasso to win a decision here, especially winning the big moments of the fight. And it was competitive. Um, I think Chevchenko did did not adjust um, a lot, but she did make some adjustments, tried to come out more aggressive on the first round. Um, Grasso opens the fight as an orthodox fighter this time. She fought most of the first fight on Southpaw. Uh, Chevchenko was chewing her up uh, on the Southpaw, to be honest, with the body kick, uh, with the jab, with the one-two. Uh, but then Grasso just switched back to Southpaw and it was a lot more competitive. Um, Valentina here making good use of her jab. He already did that in the first fight. Um, but I, I feel one of the difference here was that Valentina looks a lot slower than in her prime and, and a lot less powerful. Uh, Grasso, to, to Grasso's point, she has better punching mechanics, especially to produce power. Uh, Valentina has a pretty decent one too when it comes to being quick and um, keeping her feet under her and being able to, to take an angle or to stay back. Uh, but when it comes to generating power, you can tell Grasso is a lot more planted, uh, rotates the hips better. Um, even with even with the jab, um, she doesn't have a lot of tail in the jab, but you can tell that she puts a lot of oomph in the in that shot. Um, so yeah, Grasso was uh, one of the adjustments that Grasso did in this fight was jabbing more with Valentina. Uh, when Valentina uh, settled in the first fight, she was winning the jab battle so easily because Grasso was just trying to bump with the one-two from the outside, not really using her jab in a more layered fashion. And in this fight, um, Grasso's jab did not look that great either, but she was at least, at least making sure to jab with Valentina. And that drew uh, a few exchanges when you can tell like Grasso was a lot more dangerous than Valentina, especially with the left hook. Uh, I was calling for a better left hook in this fight for Grasso. Uh, and she did not have much setups for it, but 
Anytime they go in the phone booth, Grasso was going hard with the left hook. Valentina um, and her, I mean the, the right hook. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the lead hook because this was Salpa Salpa in most of these exchanges. Uh, excuse me. And Valentina's own right hook was not looking that. I mean, it is a is more uh, Valentina's especially when she's like check hooking. It's more of a like attacking shot. Uh, she can put some power in it. Um, she landed some very solid ones against Holly Holm back in the day. But but yeah, I mean Valentina was losing the firepower fight and and Grasso was just looking like more uh, stronger. Uh, than Valentina in the clinch. Uh, so, but Valentina still had some tricks. Uh, the double legs weren't going as effective this time, especially because uh, Grasso was making a better job of not getting like too predictable bombing window one, two. She still got caught uh, clean on her hips a few times, but Valentina was using good stuff, um, grabbing the body dog, just circling Grasso around until she finds an opening to block with the knee, get her to the ground. Uh, and at the end, those tactics cost, uh, cost her in the last round. But it was a very close fight. Uh, to be honest, uh, scoring live, I scored this for Valentina, 3-2. to two. I thought the, the fourth round was super close. Kevchenko um, wobbled at, at one moment with the right hook, I think. So yeah, the right hook it did have some power. And she landed a, a big elbow on a break that caused uh, a cut on Grasso's head, but Grasso still had her moments, uh, landed good punches in a few exchanges, um, had some knees that Valentina tried to game the game the system, putting the, the hand on the floor. Uh, that's not an, an illegal knee anymore on Las Vegas. We were in Las Vegas, we were not in Mexico. Um, and yeah, Chevchenko, I think, misunderstood the, the rules, I think, there. Uh, because she tried to do like the old school like finger thing and try to bait the the foul. Uh, to be to Valentina's credit here, she did not look hurt at all by her, any of the knees. For sure, the knees were significant, but um, Valentina won. The, was jabbing Alexa for most of the round. And yeah, I think. And then Alexa had a takedown. Did did nothing with it. So, so yeah, I think the fourth went to Valentina, then I, Valentina was widely winning the, the fifth round uh, with the jab, moving around, but then uh, she tried to, she goes to close the distance, uh, tries for the body lock, Alexa grabs uh, an underhook, Valentina goes for a head and arm, I mean for, a, for the grip, I'm not talking for a head and arm throw. So she has on, the, on this arm triangle grip, it wasn't very strong, Tries to go for an inside, um, inside rip, um, and yeah, ends on her back. Valentina Grasso takes the back, doesn't land much ground on pound, but she got super close with the Rihanna Kichok. I think I scored that round for Grasso, but to be honest, uh, scoring it for Valentina is not that bad. Uh, and either scoring the fourth for Grasso, I think is fair too. So we have like. Uh, Two rounds to one, uh, the first two, I mean, one round and three were very, very clear for Valentina. Two was very clear for Grasso. Then you have the last two rounds. So I think uh, the way that the draw was scored, I think was bullshit, but I think it's fair as a result, I'm guessing. Um, I was expecting Grasso to win the bigger moments. I think that my read was correct in that sense. I was expecting actually to for Valentina to win like the, the more subtle 
moments of the fight, and I think that was right too. But when it comes when it comes to the decision, I'm a bit surprised. Uh, Grasso saying not interested in giving Valentina a rematch. Um, I think that's fair to be honest. Uh, Valentina being a sore loser as she usually is. Uh, I like I like Valentina as a fighter a lot more than most people. But yeah, she's she's a sore loser, man. She cannot take a, a, a loss. I mean, that's that's what made her good in the first place. You know, sometimes I mean. There's a lot of mentalities that can drive you to be good and sometimes being a good loser is a good drive for you to become good and, and a good winner. Good at winning more than being like a gracious winner. <laughs> Valentina is not much of either. But yeah, I mean, what comes next? Um, Blanchfield probably. And Grasso's takedown defense does not look good, man. But, but Grasso seems like a very solid defensive grappler, so maybe she can get some stuff going there. Uh, Blanchfield is powerful on the feet, but not very nuanced and very hitable as Tyla Santos showed us, so maybe Grasso can get something done. I was like saying live, I mean, I feel like Blanchfield gets Grasso out of there in one round and that makes me sad, but uh, Grasso still has a chance. Still gotta go with Blanchfield uh, without watching much tape, but... Rhea Grasso might have a shot and that's a very interesting fight. What's next for Valentina? Maybe a main event against Tyler Santos to settle the score on that and that could be for a title shot, especially because I felt like um, Tyler was very close to winning the the Blanchfield fight. She must, she lost it mostly because of a stupid mistake. So I think Chevchenko uh, versus Tyler for a title shot would be okay, but then you have your row too. And what do you do with her? I mean, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 125 is not stacked, but it's it has a, a pretty healthy amount of fighters in, in the in at the elite level. You you have Macy Barber as much as I would like her her style. Um, she's still very athletic, getting very dangerous, coming off a big win against Amanda Hibas. So yeah, the division solid, and we talk about another one that it's rising in this division later. Uh, Co-main event have Jack Della Maddalena, my boy, against Kevin Holland in a, a very tactical battle. Um, Jack Della was having a bit of trouble, especially when Kevin Holland was committing hard to, to being long. Um, he was coming here with the high guard, looking to parry the kicks and closing in, going to the body. Uh, Kevin Holland, you know, is a lot of shoulder rolling. Uh, so, Pairing with the hands, staying very long, very hard to get to him, but his feet can be a bit of a mess. He gave his back to Madalena on the feet a lot of time. Madalena um, didn't win as ham as, uh, to, to punishing, but he got uh, good punches in. Uh, fight was very competitive. I scored every round for Jack Della, to be honest. I, I thought he was having the cleaner and harder connections. Uh, Kevin Holland has very good optics. He, he seems uh, hard, to, hard to hit clean and very hard to hurt, but Jack Della was still connecting uh, to the head and especially to the body a lot cleaner. Uh, the accuracy for Kevin Holland wasn't really there. Uh, very few clean punches that also did not hurt Jack at all. Um, he was having trouble with the high guard, to be honest. Uh, Jack Della was managing distance well, staying at the end of the Kevin's long punches, and as he was requiring Kevin to stay long with those punches, he was safe behind the same guard because Holland did not have the space to to throw like a super long hook. Um, he did uh, catch uh, Jack Della with a few long hooks, very long hooks, <laughs> a few times. Uh, it was a close fight. Um, at most, I would be giving Kevin Holland a round, but not really. I, s I scored every round for Jack. 
Um, it was a good performance for Dela. I think it, this was a problematic matchup, I feel, uh, because I feel like he fought like a disciplined fight that it was more like defense oriented. He was not like bombing super hard in the pocket. I feel like he respected uh, Kevin's ability to be dangerous in the pocket. So he was controlling the pocket exchanges, not making them super long, not, not throwing too many coins. Uh, not flipping too many coins to see what happens, and he was controlling the action. Uh, Raincraft could have been better. Uh, a lot of I saw some people complaining about the leg kicks from Jack Della. I thought they were very effective, to be honest. I don't care how a, a technique good uh, looks if it's effective. I mean, people complain all the time about uh, Alex Pereira's kicks as well. And to be honest, though, they are. I mean, they are. They're ugly, and I'm not gonna pretend that they are not super ugly. But he connects super hard. It stays balanced. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you, you sometimes just gotta use whatever works, even if it looks ugly. Very good win for Jack Della, um, very high on him. Um, and I'm surprised that a lot of people are not super high on him or not big fans. I think he's one of the most exciting and cool fighters to watch right now in MMA. I'm, I'm very excited for him to move into higher level matchups. Uh, Bilal Mohamed would be a tremendous fight. Also Gilbert Burns, I guess. And I'm feeling like confident that he wins most of those. Um, if you want to get Jack Della to like super hard fights, the only ones that are not like Usman and Leon would be like Shafkat and Ian Gary. And I think I would have to go with Jack Della against Ian Gary. Uh, Shafkat, uh, I don't know, but those would be bangers. Uh, it's not like oh Jack Della has not way of. Uh, has no way of beating these guys, not really. I think the ceiling is super high for Jack Della, especially because he's young. I'm excited, man. Um, I think I'll make some clips about his body punching against Holland. He has some good, cool looks there. Before that, Raul Rosas Jr. had a squash match against Terrence Mitchell, it's whatever. Rosas is young, he looks just as flop here. Um, but he's dangerous and he's a lot more athletic than you expect, so... So yeah, I mean, Rosas is not bad, but I, I won't root for him just because he's like 18, I don't really care. Um, I want fighters to, to do cool shit, that's, that's what I like. I mean, obviously I'm very interested in seeing uh, the sport develop and seeing like the next level athletes doing high level stuff. Obviously I'm interested in that, but also I love to learn about fighting when I'm watching things and I think a lot of fighters have a lot to, to show in how to use the tools that they have in interesting ways and I'm not seeing that for Rosas right now. So yeah, I'm not hating, I just, I'm not a fan and I don't find it very interesting this kind of squash matches. Uh, Daniel saw Hoover fought, Christos Diagos, Diagos came well prepared. Uh, the problem with Diagos really is that he doesn't have any depth to his game. He came into the first round with some decent ideas, he's athletic, he's strong, but but then he can get figured out. I think good performance by Sal Hoover to stay composed, especially after getting hurt. Uh, he was starting to find his range, hurt Diagos. Diagos tried to shoot for a sloppy takedown and gets the, um, Sal Hoover gets the submission. I think it was an Anaconda choke. I'm not sure, I don't remember, but it was was a good showing for Sal Hoover. Before that, we had Kyle Nelson versus Fernando Padilla. Uh, boring Kyle Nelson is a force to be reckoned with, <laughs> but yeah, he was doing 
a lot of discipline stuff. He lost sight of the fight uh, well, after he hurt uh, Padilla in the second round, I think. He started fighting a lot more sloppier, dropping the jab, dropping the low kicks a little bit and trying to land like big loopy shots. And I, I still think he he won the fight with the leg kicks, with the bodywork. Uh, the optics were kind of bad on that third round, but I thought Nelson won two and three, to be honest, quite honest. Uh, first was a lot closer than it looked too. So yeah, I mean, good good for Nelson. I I thought this was had the potential to be a, an annoying fight for Padilla, and that was that's what I thought. Uh, Nelson was going to win, so I made the right prediction here. Pita Godinez beat the shit out of Elise Reed. Uh, Elise Reed not a good wrestler, so not a lot to be excited about. Yeah, I mean, uh, Luby looked very good, and her striking was looking powerful, but. Those are things that we already knew. Uh, I think Lupita needs to put on a good performance against a good opponent right here. Obviously, I think this was kind of like a last minute replacement. But, but yeah, I mean, good for good for Lupi. She's uh, one of the stronger prospects in the division. But I think we need to see her like get tested more to see if she has fixed some of the, not the flaws, but the inexperience and uh, the ability to push hard and fight. I mean, she, she has that. But, but yeah, what what does she do now in a fight where she needs to like dig deep, not only like on uh, the cardio on the heart, but also on the technique, like to figure out stuff to to overcome difficulties. I think that's what we need to see from Lupi from here on. But yeah, Lupi a good fighter, so to looking forward to the next one. Jack Chase Hooper, Roman Kopilov beat the shit out of Josh Friend. Uh, Kopilov looking very cool here. Uh, friend came with a few looks, but Kopilov just with the speed, with the setups, with the footwork and some counters off sleep, beautiful counters to the body, uh, the body kicks with no tail, super hard, and then he finished the fight with a long loopy shot to the liver uh, with very good placement, so good for Kopilov, looking like one of the most dangerous strikers at 185 right now. Um, what's his ceiling? It's hard to tell. We need to see him more against wrestlers. There's a few decent wrestlers. Not like super good, but like what happens to Kopilov against like like uh, Fluffy or against Malkoon? We don't know. I mean, he, the the wrestling defense has have been looking a lot stronger since he moved his camp to Dagestan. So, so yeah, I mean, good for Kopilov, one of the coolest uh, middleweights. Very good performance. Edgar Chires for Daniel Lacerda and Chires put on a on a standing. Um, I don't know if it was a guillotine, uh, but yeah, in a front choke you know, on the standing. Lacerda did not tap. Batonioni checked his hand and says he did not react, so he called off the fight. Then they reviewed the tape, declared that uh, Lacerda did not tap, and it was no contest. And yeah, it's whatever. Whatever, not not much to take out of this fight. Uh, Lacerda is now on a fourth losing streak, winning one no contest. So that's quite a UFC run there. Uh, Tracy Cortez for Jasmine Jessica Vicious, and I was very impressed by this performance because especially I was not very impressed with uh, Tracy Cortez striking before this, and then it did not look great. But as a developing performance, was I was very impressed. Uh, Tracy Cortez, obviously very athletic, good grappler, um, decent wrestling. Uh, she has a beautiful reactive double leg takedown, but 
and she has she had a few looks on the feet, but she always looks super shaky. And here she got going against uh, Yasuda Vicious that has a lot of volume and tries to like bully people. So it was uh, impressive to do to do it against her, even though Yasuda Vicious is not like a super, she's not a great striker, but she has decent pop, she has size and she gets on your face. So that's very annoying for someone that it's a bit shaky on the feet. And Cortez uh, had some sketchy moments, but I think overall she looked very good, uh, very Good coaching, I would say. She was throwing the one-twos, pulling back, uh, coming back with another counter. Uh, she was making sure to attacking combinations. A very good form on her left hook. Uh, she was throwing to the body too. Um, she was staying over her, her feet and her shoulders at all times. She was uh, uh, incorporating a little bit of head movement. You can tell she needs some more work there. But she was looking solid and she was using the, the overhand and uh, hanger left hook to clash, to, to grab clinches proactively too, to get some breathers here and there. She was using her physical strength to push just the vicious away from the clinch. I thought this was a very solid performance and I'm excited for Tracy for him moving on, especially because she's athletic, she's powerful and she's getting like more and more well-rounded. She's not at the level of the Blanchfields and Tyler Santos yet, but it looks like she will get there, and I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm telling you, flyweight is is better than 205. You, you, you guys don't want to see it, but it's true. They hated me because I was telling them the truth. Before that, Charlie Campbell got a cool knockout against Alex Reyes. They said Alex Reyes is the, the brother of Dominic. I never knew that, to be honest. They say that on the broadcast. Charlie Gamble here looks solid, a cool finish. Um, and not much to say, and the first fight, Josephine Knudsen, you know, the, the girl that was not signed on Contender Series. She was like a, like a minus to a 1,000 <laughs> favorite on this fight. And it looked, man, like uh, Manic Man did not have anything for her. But Knudsen could be, could be a bit more dangerous, man. It's going to... She's good, she's good. I think uh, she's top 15 material right now. Uh, but you cannot be that like you need to put on more damage on your on your opponent or 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 a one guy or one girl is going to come up to you will not get hurt and then you're going to sleep and you're going to get hurt you need to accumulate damage during a fight I think it's not just because it, it is boring to watch it's just because it's the safest way to fight to be honest and I know like Knudsen is very concerned about like risk risk management is one of her priorities you can tell but sometimes like inflicting damage on your opponent is also like risk management because you make sure that when the fight gets long and you get a bit tired they are worse off than you are so yeah i think it's very important we have bellator this week and the top three fights are all right we have johnny evelyn against fabian edwards so solid fight to, to headline Edwards it seems like he's finally putting it together he's not as as cool and as technique as technical as, as his brother Leon but he's solid and he's a lot more wild as technique wise but he has like some of the same tricks and yeah he's athletic he's decently big so yeah a cool fight for the title uh, we have Aaron Pico versus Pedro Carvalho that should be alright, and then we have Mats Burnell against Daniel Weichel, and that should be very exciting too. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with those fights. Other than that, not a lot. I mean, 
hopefully, I, I guess some of these were going to be exciting, but I don't know. Would not watch the whole thing. There's like 20 fights here. <laughs> and then let's talk about well, um, this Saturday's um, UFC event is Rafael Fisiev against Mateusz Gamrot. And this one is very exciting fight. Um, so Fisiev coming off his first, uh, I mean not his first, his second career loss against Justin Gagey. Let's remember that Mustafaev spin kick him in the head. <laughs> His debut, no, nonetheless. But yeah, Fisiev, uh, in a fight that I thought he won against KG, it was a very good fight. And Ganrod, that it's uh, coming off a win, but could be on a three-fight losing streak because, let's be honest, the, the Jalen Turner and the and the Sarukian decisions were very sketchy. But yeah, it's interesting. It's a classic grappler versus striker. Uh, Fisiev has looked strong defending takedowns and looks like athletic and quick as a scrambler but you know Gambrot is all about the chain wrestling even though he doesn't get a lot of control but he gets those like prolonged wrestling exchanges when he finally gets a takedown land something big on in transition and Gambrot is a, like a cardio machine he's so annoying he's he's going to be there to the end we've seen Fisiev tired in the past we've seen Fisiev manage his um, cardio well in a 5-5 round against uh, Rafael dos Santos, where they fought at a decent pace, but you can tell Fisiev a lot more control. Then on the Gagey fight, he was against tired because he was putting so much oomph on their strikes and Gagey was staying there. Uh, so Gamrot is probably going to make it make him work. I expect Fisiev to look uh, solid earlier and Gamrot maybe starts to get more and more success as the fight goes on with the wrestling. But... But there's also the possibility of Fisiev just nailing Gamrot because Gamrot has very good recovery, but he has been getting hurt in fights. And Fisiev is not that great of a finisher, but when you have power, sometimes you just land the, the good one and it's all over. But yeah, I'm very excited. It's a good fighter and uh, the winner here. Looking forward to big things. Maybe a title shot or a title shot eliminator. Uh, the co-main has Bryce Mitchell against Dan Ige. Uh, Dan Ige here needs to look to replicate the performance of Ilya Topuria, obviously. Uh, Mitchell here needs to to look at the at Dave Loyev fight. It's a good fight, especially the grappling moments of Dave Loyev fight and try to replicate a, a bit of that in this Ige fight. Um, very exciting fight for 145. Um, I'm hoping, hoping Ige does well. I think Ige is a cool fighter, especially when he puts it together. Uh, not that big of a fan of Bryce Mitchell, especially because the striking kind of ugly, but Bryce Mitchell's very solid uh, MMA grappler, especially from top position. But also from the bottom, he's a good scrambler and he usually ends up on top. A very well-rounded grappler, uh, has a very good mix of rights and traditional jiu-jitsu positions, so he's very dangerous. So yeah, I mean, very good fight. No complaints about this one. I do have complaints about Marina Rodriguez versus Watterson uh, because it's a rematch that no one is asking for and we could be seeing like better, better matchups. Uh, I mean, uh, different matchups, like not better. This is not like a low level fight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it feels like the UFC is trying to get Watterson to, to get the win back against Rodriguez because Rodriguez is going through a rough spot. I'm hoping Marina wins here. Um, I don't think Mitchell Watterson has a lot of potential right now. She's a bit past it. Uh, she's a bit small, as you know, for the division. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping Marina wins against, I, again, 
this time around. Brian Bartle is fighting AJ Fletcher. Interesting fight, I'm guessing. Uh, hoping AJ wins, but not sure if he's going to. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe he has a better shot than some other. Uh, Charles Jordan is fighting Ricardo Ramos. And uh, this one is very good. This one is going to be fireworks. Um, do not miss this one, one of the best. We have Mike Jones versus Damargeta. Um, very good fight at Bantamweight. Looking forward to that one. Uh, not sure what to expect, to be honest, but but should be good. Uh, Tim Means is fighting Andre Fialio. Uh, Fialio. Let's see if Fialio is like out of nowhere, like more shot than Tim Means. I'm expecting Tim Means to make Fialio look very bad, and and then someone is going to get finished. Uh, it doesn't matter what we know what's going to happen before the finish. Tim Means is going to make Fialio look bad, and then someone. Uh, might get finished and that someone is probably going to be team means it sucks man uh because team means was so much fun to watch for and it still is but but you know the the years are are getting to him we have jacob malcoon versus cody brandish jacob malcoon only lost in the ufc i think it's to brendan allen i'm sure uh brandish is on like a three fight losing streak so not sure what they're doing here with the matchmaking um, but could be fun, maybe, because Brondage throws power on the, on the feet, Malkun is a bit more reserved, uh, fights with, like, behind the jab, the one-two, and then Malkun, it's all about, like, finding those doubles, those singles, putting the Shane Wrestling together against the fence, but Cody Brondage has a very good guillotine, uh, could be maybe fun, or maybe it's terrible, who knows, talking about terrible, we have Jay Collier versus Mohamed Usman, I think on the feet Collier has the tools to cook Usman, but Usman's too athletic, powerful, and Collier is not a heavyweight. I've been saying that he's for a long time, so yeah, probably Usman is going to wrestle him and it's going to suck. Misuke, Misuki is back, uh, Misuki Inoue. She's fighting Hannah Goldie in a, in a strawweight bout. I'm excited to see Misuki. Uh, she has cool boxing. Uh, talking about Alexa Grasso, Misuki and Alexa fought. Uh, like a, they had like a prospect fight back in Invicta like seven years ago. I don't remember, but it's a very good fight from prospects, actually. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, give that a watch. It was very fun. I watched it live back in the day. And I was very impressed with both girls. And, but I think I already liked both of them at the time. So yeah, I mean, excited to see Mizuki getting in the in the cage again. And Hannah Goldie probably... Hannah Goldie is going to be very big at the strawweight. Uh, but probably Mizuki is going to get to display her boxing well here. Unless she gets like taken down because Goldie is going to be big. And then the opening fight is Montserrat Rendon. Uh, Mexican, I don't know her. And she's fighting Tamires Vidal. Uh, Tamiris Vidal fought on the UFC, she has a flying knee knockout against uh, Ramona Pascual, but I do not remember that. I'm going to clip that finish, I guess. And that's it, it's, it's solid. It's mostly about, uh, about the top two fights, and then you have an action fight between Charles Jourdain and Ricardo Hamos. Um, and that's it, man. Um, I, I think I'm banging one... Uh, one of a, sh a short one here, uh, because there's not much to say. Uh, UFC, Noche or Noche UFC, the, the fucking Mexican wannabe event, felt big, but did not gave me a lot to talk about, uh, other than the, the, the sketchy scorecards, uh, 
some tactics. Uh, I think I did not mention that the fuck up that Valentina did in the fifth round was, I know, yeah, the the failed like hit an arm throw that caused her the fight. Yeah, I mean it's it's whatever, man. Um, let's get into the final part of the podcast right now. As always, the Early Primps podcast is brought to you by X Marshall. X Marshall is a combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Marshall offers a range of products including rash guards, shorts, spats, geese, streetwear and training equipment. Use code THEFIGHTSIDE to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight side, no spaces, all caps. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow their socials in every social media at Official. So thank you, XMarshall. And if you want to support the fight side directly as an ongoing project, you can become a patron on patreon.com. And you can get access to our Discord server that is very cool and also a big backlog of exclusive content and we're putting out more uh, content right now. So yeah, if you want to get access to some exclusive videos, podcasts and I think some articles as well, um, you can subscribe to our Patreon and get uh, a lot of benefits from that. A lot of content, a lot of content for just $3 on Patreon. And I also have a personal coffee where I'm doing commissions. Uh, you can uh, send me a three round fight. It can be boxing, Muay Thai or MMA. And for only 25 bucks, I have a few slots left. I'll be doing a video analysis, focusing on something that I find interesting about the performance that you send me. For only $25, you can check out on my coffee. If you want more details or want to get like a different deal, you can talk to me on on Twitter or Discord, or just add me at Twitter and tell me like, hey, I want to talk about the commissions and I will DM you. We can get a deal out of that. Uh, the first commission is coming out this week. And the next ones will eventually be coming out, but I'll try to be quick so you guys can see the results and decide if you want a commission. So only 25 bucks for the time being. And this price is probably going to go higher um, next month, to be honest, because $25 is a steal. It's just to get you guys going. But yeah, I mean, thank you so much, everyone, for the support. Um, Sorry if this episode wasn't very interesting. I, I, I didn't feel like I had much to talk about. But I tried to produce some more content for you guys during the week. I'm Fenyo and I'm signing out. See you on the next one.